You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Well, last uh, Wednesday night I was in Naples, Italy. No, no Florida, Florida. Uh, I was speaking at a conference, and actually on Wednesday night uh, I traveled down there and uh, was preparing, and my phone buzzed. And uh, I got an awesome video from y'all, Pastor Mike. And I really feel bad that y'all booed him, you know. But actually, it did make me feel good. So I, I laughed. I was all by myself. I was laughed. I showed a bunch of people the next day. I said, you know, you got to be careful when you leave. You know, you, you never know what's going to be going on. Amen. All right. Uh, we're going to continue tonight on the week 81. No, it's week 18. On the Holy Spirit. Anybody here glad for the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Um, What I've endeavored to do and what I believe my assignment is in in this uh, teaching and in this series. Is that, that we see again in the light of scripture just how wonderful the Holy Spirit is. How we need him in our lives. Uh, I won't go over all of this in depth, but this really is at the core of this teaching. That Jesus said, you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Several translations point out that it's the, it's the, uh, they say some things about that. That really has to do that life begins from the spirit. Life comes from the, from the spirit. So we're first of all spirit born. And then it's important, and listen to this, get this, no matter what you're, and I'll use these words in combination several times tonight, whatever your experience, your tradition, uh, your preference or whatever, we have to go with the light of scripture, okay? And scripture commands us to be filled with the spirit, be filled with the spirit. And I believe it's vital that, that we, and especially in this day, that we are filled with the spirit. And, and don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit because Jesus said, if I go away, I won't leave you alone. I won't leave you comfortless. I'm going to send to you another comforter, one just like myself that would do in my absence what I would do if I were there in, you know, present there with you. And so he is also in this and scripture bears this out. He is also the spirit of Christ. So we it's and they're one. And so you don't need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Every day I ask him, fill me some more. Fill me to overflow because I cannot do this thing by myself. And, and he comes and he helps us. So whatever you've made, a lot of times people have been scared away from that because of something they observed. And let me just tell you, you're safe. You're safe here, okay? And then very, very important, of course, that you're spirit born, spirit filled but then you must be spirit led this is the real game changer this is what really makes the difference because i've told you i've known some people that are by all indications and taking their word they're spirit born and spirit filled but they're they're not spirit led and they're just mean and divisive and nasty serious now we don't allow them to stay around here but no but um you got to be spirit led, led by the spirit, yielded to 
prompt, uh, guided by, prompted by the Holy Spirit, sensitive to him and let him lead you. And where's he going to lead you in right paths? He's going to lead you in truth. He's going to help you to overcome in life. So spirit born, spirit filled, spirit led. And then the, the end result of that is we become more and more like Jesus himself and we are spirit formed. And, and that he continues that metamorphosis in us. And so that is huge. That is huge. And now all of that taken together, we, and we're taking just a broad, broad view of, of all things Holy Spirit here. We have begun discussion talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And there are numerous lists. None of them are complete. None of them are totally isolated. There's some overlapping. None of them are identical. And so I don't believe that any of the lists of, quote, all the gifts are complete. Uh, and, and Paul seems to be speaking whenever he speaks uh, in somewhat of a, uh, a sensitivity to who his audience is and what would be important in that culture. And we pointed that out two weeks ago as well. And so you've got a number of lists. You've got lists in Romans chapter 12. And these are sometimes called the motivational or service gifts. And we, we gave you access to um, a way to kind of inventory and find out what your gifts may be. You know, some people have the gift of hospitality. Some don't. <laughs> you know, uh, some people have the gift of serving. Some people are great organizers. Some are not. You know, and you've got to find those gifts. And the main thing is discover the gifts and then do what? A little better than that. Come on. Use them. Use them. And then we have in First uh, Corinthians 12, then we have a list of what are called the gifts of the spirit. And uh, I believe that that's also partial list because there's some other things that, that he does. And then Ephesians chapter four, we've got another list of gifts and these are the gifts to the body. And they're sometimes referred to as the fivefold ministry gifts. And so we're, we're looking at all these and, uh, we began talking about some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. And I was just reading over this because this goes 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Just reading over it, and I really believe the Holy Spirit, how awesome that he would interject something into a, ser- a series about him. Yeah. You know, uh, just kind of stopped me on something. And so I want us to look at this. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 through 3. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men... And of angels, but have not what love I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, notice it's talking about some of the gifts and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love. Watch, watch this wording. How severe is this? I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and take pictures of it, put in a newsletter. No, that's not there. I'm sorry. And bestow all my goods to feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Zero, nada, nothing. And so this is pretty important. And sometimes we kind of skip over in our discussion of the gifts because it majors in chapter 12, and then it's further majored on in chapter 14. We kind of skip 13 a little bit, and you cannot do that. You cannot do that. 
So in the middle of Paul's discussion on spiritual gifts here, he seems to change the subject. He seems to make a digression and start talking about love. Everybody say love. And what appears at first to be some kind of interruption or digression, actually we will find if we read it in all the context, this is the core. This is the very bottom. This is the the core truths of Paul's discussion of the spiritual gifts. Love. Everybody say it again. Love. Um, And though the gifts are important, and the gifts are important, love matters the most. Love matters the most. Now, I believe this also, that love is the key that will unlock the proper use of the gifts. I want to say that again. Love is the key that will unlock the proper use of the gifts. I'm going to say it again. Love is the key that will unlock the proper use of the gifts. I want to say it a little bit different. Love is the key that will unlock the gifts. But love is also the key that will unlock the proper use of the gifts. And we want the gifts. But we want them proper. And we want them pure. And we want them and we need them powerful in our lives, in our homes, and in our midst here corporately together. Now, I want you to remember that 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, only here, only here. Now, I want you to think of the bulk of Scripture, okay? Only here do we have any kind of thorough discussion, instruction, or correction regarding the gifts of the Spirit. Only there. And it had to be the Corinthians. And at some point I need to take some time and just tell you about the Corinthians. They, they didn't just need first and second Corinthians. They needed a bunch. And they were zealous. They had a lot of eagerness. They wanted to do stuff, you know, and it's amazing that the Lord didn't use Peter to write to them because Peter was just that. Whatever he, whatever he was going to do, he just overboard. You know, he said, Jesus, you're not washing my feet. Jesus said, well, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. Wash all of me. <laughs> you know, and he's just. Pew, 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 pew. And so the Corinthians, much like some of you. When we were sinners. Whoo, big time and good at it. And fully committed. But then when you came over across that line of faith and came into the family of God, fully committed. And the Corinthians had that kind of wiring about them. But see, what they did is they were, they were slow on a few things. And you've got to be careful of this imbalance in life. That you're not too fast on action and slow on understanding. And so sometimes you... Bring things over the line that it's like, no, no. And, and Paul talked about, you guys got to renew your minds. And he said that in the book of Romans, but certainly I think he brought free copies of the book of Romans to the Corinthians. Okay. Uh, for everybody. It was on his podcast, I'm sure too. But um, only here do we have discussion, instruction, and correction. And largely, can I tell you? Correction regarding the gifts. 
It's interesting in several translations, you can do some word study, some exegetical study. And then the Message Bible brings it out. Eugene Peterson, who, who put together the Message Bible, he, he brings it out. But he said, I'm just exhausted with you guys. He said, I'm exasperated with you Corinthians. He said, you've got to grow up in your thinking now. And he said that right in the context of the gifts. Okay. So what we want to do is, is bear all that in mind. Take this as, as uh, it comes here. Now, there are, and we've talked about these at, at some length, there are two goals or two focuses of the gifts. Does anybody remember the two goals or focuses of the gifts? What's the first thing that we want to make sure happens with any of the gifts? Does anybody remember? Glorify. Okay, so we want to glorify. So this is called glorification. Does anybody remember the second part? Edify, and that's edification. Now, we glorify who? Wouldn't you think that's the most important thing? Okay, so we glorify God. That's huge. That's the priority. And if you're going to glorify God and you do that in the right way, then you're going to end up edifying. Do you remember what edifying means? It's to build up, to build up. I've been to services before in my Christian history. Okay, I've been to services before that the gifts were in full blown operation and I did not leave edified. I left confused. I left insecure spiritually. I left, you know, weirded out. Okay. And so what we've got to do, and, and, and Jesus wants this for his church. He wants the gifts, but he wants them done right. And when we do them right, they will glorify God and they will edify the people. Can we be committed to that? Oh, that was weak. Can we be committed to that? Okay. And so we're going to use scripture to help us to do this, but it has to be the heart motive that we do this. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12, in the New Living Translation, and Paul says, and the same is true for you, since you are so eager, see, he points to their eagerness, since you are so eager, eager to have the special abilities The spirit gives seek those things that will strengthen or edify the whole church. So let me get this across. Okay. You should be eager. You should desire that God would use you. You should desire gifts. Now he gives them. He's in charge of distribution, manifestation, timing, all of those things. We'll get more into that as the, as the weeks unfold here. But he gives them. But first of all, there needs to be a willingness on our part, an eagerness that I, that I want. Because the end goal is what? Especially, he said, eagerly desire these things. He said, I'm glad that you're eager. He said, but you need to be more eager and you should desire mostly the things that are going to strengthen the church the most. And by church, in context here, he, also in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he's talking about the church is you individually and you corporately. Okay? So, let's keep plowing here. For example, uh, tongues and interpretation. Let's talk about it just for a moment. I saw some of you flinch as soon as I said. 
Everybody from Jack Hayford on one side of the aisle to John MacArthur on the other side of the aisle have referred, <laughs> is that extremes? Uh, both incredible men of God. But when it comes to the subject of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, we're talking about California and Maine, okay? Both of them, however, I have heard or read both of them refer to tongues and interpretation as the problem child of the gifts. And they tend to be uh, for numerous reasons. We're not going to get into all of that tonight, but... I wanted to say this because Paul said here in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, he said, you want, uh, be eager, be eager, but be eager about having the gifts that are going to glorify God the most and they're going to edify and strengthen the church the most. Okay, you with me? So tongues and interpretation, and this, this may help some of you, are not the measure of a service. And they are not the measure of one's spirituality. I'll say it again. Not the measure of a service. And it's not the measure of one's spirituality. Actually, this is my opinion, and it's not just, I just came up with it. This is from a lot of study. And from studying the study of, of some other people that I highly respect. Tongues and interpretation are probably the least. The least of all the gifts. Yet they're gifts. Get their gifts and they have their place and you don't forbid. But it has to be understood and used in the right way. Matter of fact, uh, don't let your tradition, your experience, your preference. I talked about that earlier. Don't let that either put too much weight or not enough weight on the gifts of the spirit. And the manifest, manifestation of the spirit. You've got to keep a real balance. You've got to rightly divide scripture. For example, and I'm not going to get into all this tonight. But even referring tongues and, and interpretation tongues. If you'll carefully go through in context and do careful word study. You will find that it even refers to the place. The place. And it says, and in there, there seems to be a, a welcoming open to tongues and interpretation. It says, however, in the church, there's a little different tone and handling at all of all of that. Now, there may be some hint in scripture that's saying there's some settings where it's more appropriate than in other, other settings. And I, I happen to believe that. Now, all of that said, let's keep going because we're moving on with some other things here. Paul talking about love, and let's go ahead and, and get this up here. Love, and this is kind of the theme. Is everybody here? It'd be a, a shame for your body to show up and you not be here. Okay. Love, Paul's talking about love here, and then he brings in this in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3 that we just read. He said, if you can prophesy, major and important gift. He said, if you have all knowledge, if you have great faith, but if you don't love, and, and I pointed out how severe this was, you're nothing. That's just nothing, and it profits nothing. Now, what's interesting about this, these three things that Paul brings out here, prophecy, knowledge, and faith, these are three things that Paul highly values. You read the Pauline epistles and these are, these are huge for Paul, prophecy, knowledge, and faith. 
And when we get to chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, 14, uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul regards prophecy. Paul seems to indicate his opinion that prophecy, well, Paul's opinion, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, okay, um, is probably the most helpful to the church. He said, desire rather that you may prophesy. But now he puts it in terms here. You can prophesy. You can have knowledge. All knowledge. You can have incredible extreme faith. He said, but if you don't have love, it's nothing. So here we have knowledge of God, faith in him, and helpful gifts. These are priorities for Paul. And yet he says, if you don't have love, it doesn't matter. So let me rephrase that. Here's three things Paul picks out. And he says, these are huge to me. He said, but if you don't have love, it's nothing. Let me paraphrase. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Amen. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 through 3 that we read earlier, does not teach this. Now get this. It does not teach that language, prophecy, knowledge, faith, and self-sacrifice don't matter. Because you know what? They do matter. So let me say this again. It matters. Language matters. Prophecy matters. Knowledge matters. Faith matters. Self-sacrifice matter. But only when they're motivated and guided by love. Only. Because love is what matters most. Otherwise, it's a noise. It's a mess. It's a waste. It's a loss. It's confusing. Love, love, love. Love. In case you're taking notes, that was love. I was trying to get across right there. This is the main deal. Now, let me tell you what some people do. And we're not here to judge anybody or anything else. We're just here to try to get our little walk right. You know, don't think anybody on TV or somebody, you know, it's not about them. They're not here. We're not talking to them. We're talking to us. That we want to do this right so that God gets glorified and so that people get edified. But by observation, sometimes you watch people that will make the gifts the main thing. And the gifts are not the main thing. Love's the main thing. Even the most important things. Let's follow Paul's example. Even the most important things to you. In a service, in your Christian walk, in your ministry to other people. Most important thing to you. You... This is it. And this, 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 this. Without love, it just doesn't matter. Love matters the most. We place value on certain things, even in, in putting together a service and a lot of work and a lot of prayer and a lot of study and a lot of people are involved in every service, every event that we have. And I think in this service, and I've told you before that the main, the main thing is, is that we want, and it's essentially this is we, we want to lift up and then we want to listen up. You'll hear me often pray just before, just before we get into the word. And God, we want you to be pleased and we want your people to be helped. So when we look at what is a value within the service, you know, I think praise and worship is huge. And after the first of the year, I'm going to do a whole series on Sunday mornings. And it's going to be precept, precept and example because we're going to learn what true worship is. And we're going to learn what high praise is. And we're going to be a body. And we're going to, we're going to shift our Wednesday nights to prayer. 
Because I'm going to tell you what, if you have a people that know how to truly what praise is, does it, you've got to truly know what that is and how to, true praise, true worship, and you know how to pray, you're, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. So that's our assignment, you know, that we're going into the, the new year. But see, praise and worship, I just think that is absolutely huge. And then the preaching of the word, Paul commanded it. He didn't say sing songs, do skits, show videos. What did he say? He said, preach the word. So, you know, we got to do that every, every time. So I think those are high value, but we could have, and we guard ourselves, check ourselves, pray for one another. We could have incredible praise and worship and a real, whoo, you know, brain warming, brain stretching, brain tingling sermon. But if we don't have love, nothing, nothing. We could have the coolest cafe in all of church world. But if that's not a place where you feel some love, are you with me? We have heart of a woman. We're going to have high call. We could, we could do whatever. We have an academy. You have all those things and stack them all up and go, look what we're doing for the kingdom. And you don't have love. It stinks out loud. And whatever is super important to you, I get up early and I pray and I read the Greek. Well, I doubt that. But anyway. I've studied Greek and it's just like, who would want to, you know? Um, and you can have all these things. Well, I do this and I do this and I take, I take cakes to old people and I mow the lawn for folks and I do this. And that's all well and good. But if you don't have love, it, it, it just means nothing. So I'm not de-emphasizing the gifts. We're trying to really properly emphasize the gifts. And Paul, for some reason, right in the middle... Of bringing correction, instruction, explanation, discussing the gifts. He goes, but circle around, gang. Here's the real deal. Here's the real deal. Love is what matters most. Y'all with me? All right. And you can be a greeter and a parker. Or you could just be Joe Church coming to church. And just driving. Whatever it is. Love, it's got to be a bottom line. Now I could just dismiss right now, but I want to take a little bit further and talk about what on earth love means the most. Love matters the most. How does that work out? Because I believe the goal of every message has got to be some takeaway. There's got to be some application to this. Let me read something to you real quick here in Ephesians chapter four, verse 25 through 32. I'm going to read it from the new living. I think it speaks well. It says, everybody just zero in on this. It'll be on the screen here for you too. So stop telling lies. Who's he writing to? Church. Can I tell you also that this is out of the book of Ephesians. These are the Ephesians, the church at Ephesus. These are spirit born and they're spirit filled. Okay, let's keep going. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. And I'm not giving that jerk nothing, okay? I added that part in. It says this, if you're a thief, quit stealing. 
Well, I can't help it. I got kleptomania. <laughs> sure you do. Instead, use your hands for good hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. King James, New King James, Amplified Others say this, and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And do not bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, now this is newsflash, okay? We just discovered some new Dead Sea Scrolls. This is right here, right here. Ready? Instead, be kind to one another. If you read my... uh, Twitter and Facebook thing today. Unkind Christians are the wrong kind. Okay? So we're to be kind. Everybody say, be kind. Be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Somebody say, Amen. amen. Now, verse 30 in the, in the New King James, and I pointed it out earlier, it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you how to grieve the Holy Spirit. That verse strategically placed, structured properly right there in the middle. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't distress him. Don't make him sorrowful. Don't upset him. Don't affect him with sadness. Is in the context of what I just read. Here's how you grieve the Holy Spirit. Lying, anger, stealing, corrupt communication, foul and polluting language, evil words, unwholesome, worthless talk, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, loud quarreling. Listen to me, in your house, there should not be loud quarreling. Evil speaking, slander, abusive or blasphemous language, malice, spite, ill will, baseness, gossip, all those things. Those are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. And when you involve yourself in those things, don't expect this love feast. (laughs) Don't expect God to say, I choose you. I want to use you to go be a blessing to this person. Now, this whole thing is not about performance. It's not about perfection. But it is about having a right heart and being that conduit that God could flow through. And you don't want to be all clogged up with all this other stuff. You need to be careful little eyes what you see. And careful little ears what you hear. And careful big uh, little mouth what you say. Okay, we need to be real careful all this. Be careful what you get exposed to because I'm telling you what, garbage in, garbage out. Amen. You be careful of the influence of the mm, people around you. We talked about that one, you remember? Right. You got all those things. I want to be a vessel that God could flow through. So we've got to make sure, here's what we want. Romans 5, 5 says this. Where'd it go? Romans 5, 5. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And see, when you involve yourself in all those other things, you've left the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You've you've left that you you. Can you imagine this? Do Do you remember that commercial? I was a kid and a teenager even and car would be driving along and throw trash out on the road and it landed at the foot of the. The Indian guy. 
Did you know he wasn't even an Indian? Yeah, he's Italian. They've taken over everything. But, but, but that commercial, you remember it decades later because it impacted you. What happened? A tear just, just coming down his eye. You know, we're like, oh, you know, and, and I grew up in, when I was in school, they taught us some right things. You know, we had a little song we sang, be a friendly Floridian, put on a happy grin. You know, that was a public service kind of thing. So we knew, and then now look what we did. Everybody from all these other States moved here, you know, cause we were friends. <laughs> I was, I was a part of that. We had little public service songs, buckle up for safety, buckle up. Buckle up for safety. Always buckle up. You know, we, we had all those. Do you remember these? And please, please don't be a litter bug. You remember that? Yes. We're going to do these Sunday in a, med, in a whole medley. Now, listen, I learned those things. Those are important things. And it impacted me. And I thought as a little kid, I don't want to make that Indian guy cry. Now let's make a huge shift right here. I do not want to bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit. Because I got to run my mouth or I got to gossip or I got to be this or I got to be that. And then expect somehow that God's going to be glorified and people around me are going to be edified. And the bottom line is love. Love, love, love. And for those of you taking notes, that would be love. Love. And I'm going to stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? All right.